Sometimes. I don't play like I should. Oh. That's fine, that's fine. Oh, can you go see if Jesse's got a lighter? Thank you.
Christmas time. I didn't even pick my date for the dinner. I mean, did I? Okay. Thanks, Eric. I know. Well, you brought it to me. I was going to start without my music. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Good morning, everyone who's tuning on, online. And hey, this morning, in, uh, to start, um, Bobby shared that she had had a word last week for us, um, and it was um, in, in regards to the message, and she held it to make sure it was confirmed. And she just wanted to share this, so I thought it would be a great way to end, uh, begin worship because I think it's on, on giving thanks and being thankful. So I'm going to ask Bobby just to come and share real quick, and you can use this mic. Yes, right now. As we were remembering about Thanksgiving, <clears throat> the Lord reminded me, all of us have experienced, and the longer we live, we experience more often those times when it feels like the rug is pulled out from, from you, all of a sudden something happens, you lose a job, something happens in the family that's totally unexpected, 
and you're just stunned by it. And years ago, <clears throat> I had gone through <laughs> a long season. I won't go into that. But I had moved into <clears throat> a condo, first time renting anything. I had had to sell my house and um, with four kids. And I was so happy because the woman that was helping me was a Christian, and I'd come to the Lord about a year and a half before. So it was, we were ecstatic. And I had just moved in. We had boxes all over the place. And the gal who had helped me find it called me, and she said, Bobby, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, what? And she said, well, you know how the condo, the complex has been on the market for several years. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, an Asian buyer has come up and they're offering full price cash on the line with escrow hopefully closing for them, it's hopefully, in two or three weeks and they want to live in your condo. And I was like, what? And I'm looking at all these boxes, and I'm thinking, how am I going to tell my kids we're going to have to move? And she said, I'm praying. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm already looking for you. And I'm sitting there crying and not knowing what to do. And, but I didn't want the kids to see me crying. So I went in the bathroom, turned the shower on, and I started bawling my brains out, out, out loud. And then it was like the Lord prompted me, start thanking. So I started thanking the Lord that there was gas in the car, that I actually had a car, that there was food, there were cans in the pantry, and that we hadn't unpacked everything. And you know, I just started thanking the Lord. And really ridiculous as it sounds, the Lord had me thanking him about everything down to that I had salt in the salt shaker and pepper in the pepper shaker. And then it was like this, I started singing to the Lord, and I kid you not, I felt that fear and heaviness just go away. And the Lord taught me something. So as bad as things look, we can look around and start thanking him, and the enemy cannot stand it. We live in a spiritual environment. He is around us all the time, trying to get at us. And do you know that it lifted from me, and I sat my kids down, and I said, we may have to move again. And I didn't even think, you know, first thought, are we going to be homeless? And I thought, no, I have relatives, I have friends, even if we have to split up. We, this realtor will find me a place. And do you know, within three days, she called me. She said, you're not going to believe it. He backed out of escrow. So praise God. That's awesome. God is good, and he's worthy to give him thanks. Amen. I think some people are recovering from food comas. Well, we need to work off our Thanksgiving dinner, uh, so let's uh, stand and we'll dance and we'll celebrate, we'll clap, yes. and we'll really enjoy being in his presence today. 
Um, it is good to be together in the house of the Lord. Amen. Father, bless our time with your presence, God. Father, that's what we need. We need, um, we need to be in your presence, God. So we just want to thank you, give you thanks, give you praise for who you are and all that you've done. Father, we, we give you glory and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ready to clap? Amen. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung upon that cross. He rose up from that grave. My God still rolls those away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in his place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We 
shout as your friend. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout as your friend. We shout as your friend. We shout as your friend. Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We shout out your praise. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have a reason to sing this morning? Amen.
cross that you bore and the death that you paid for the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me. This is the reason I sing for the cross that you bore and the death that you paid for the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me. This is the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing. Hallelujah.
I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. All generations will bow down in praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. After age, all generations will bow down and praise the Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. You know, sometimes in life, as we've been hearing, even this morning, there are difficulties, and sometimes there's even deaths. But God, the infinite God, is the one who knows how to turn death into life and graves into gardens. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty place and treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Well, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. Failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountains is the God of the valleys. And there's not a place your mercy and grace will find me again. Nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, 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 there
And I see it now. I'm laying it down. And I know that I need you. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. you've done, who you are, God. 
God, thank you that you are the one that we can run to, day or night. We can pour out our burdens to you, God. We can cry out to you, God, and you will come and rescue us. You'll hear us. You'll minister to us. You'll wrap your arms around us, God. Most of all, that you'll receive us. God, you are our surgeon, but you, God, are our friend. And we thank you, Lord. We come to you now in Jesus' name. seated just stand for a moment in his presence and thank him for being your father ready to receive you God wrap your arms around each and every one this morning help us to know that it's more than a song that we can run to you our father Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Find someone this morning and tell them that you are glad that he is your father. Amen. Well, good morning, Journey Church. How's everybody doing? Right? You guys had to waddle in after Thanksgiving? <laughs> I hope this is okay, but I just wanted to, I felt the Lord wanted me to share this. I'm going to try my best without crying. <laughs> um, as we were singing that song, you know, some of you may not know, I lost my father when I was 19, and he was my best friend. I idolized him. He, we did everything together. My mom would always say she felt like <laughs> she had two kids, me and my father. <laughs> um, but as since he passed away and over the years, I've learned a lot more, and I've, as I became an adult, I've learned a lot about my dad, things that maybe I wish I didn't learn about my dad, things that he had done that I was like, wow. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that and stuff like that. And, and it reminds me of the humanity of us and even our fathers. And so many of us maybe didn't even have a good father ourselves. Uh, maybe we didn't grow up with a father at all. But I just was so touched by the song and reminding me that God, the Father, will never 
let us down. And even in this earthly world, when things are hard and crazy, he is always with us and we can always run to him. And even though I can't run to my earthly father anymore, I know that I can always run to my heavenly father. And I just felt compelled to share that. So I hope that blesses somebody today. I don't know. (laughs) But I wanted to go ahead and move right into our announcements then. Um, First off, thank you so much, everybody who donated food and your time of service to the uh, Illuminate Youth Group Turkey Bowl. Um, The kids had such a fun time, and I had such a fun time. I actually bowled this year. So that was fun, and they were all chanting my name, and I was like, yes. (laughs) I was living the dream. Um, (laughs) No, but we had a great time together, so thank you once again. And for those of you that brought stuff and maybe had some dishes that you left here, please check in the kitchen. Um, There is a couple dishes in, like, the, the counter there in the kitchen. So speaking over by the kitchen, You'll notice at the end of the hallway, there is um, some canned food. There's also some calendars and cards that have been brought for those that maybe just want to take some of that stuff. So please go check it out. It is free for anybody who wants it. So the next announcement I have is Wednesday, December 14th, we are going to have a all-church dinner together for Christmas. And that's going to be at 6 p.m. here. We will have tickets that we're going to be giving out. It's free, but just in order for us to get a head count and know how much food we need, we'll be passing out tickets for those of you that are going to come. It's kind of like your RSVP. And so more details to come about that. Again, that's Wednesday, December 14th at 6 p.m. here at the church. We'll have a Christmas dinner together. And then the last thing is just we're going to continue our time of worship and receive our tithes and offerings. And, you know, it's the song that we were singing earlier talks about turning graves into gardens. I think about, you know, God asks us to give 10% of what he's already given to us. And so just imagine what he can do with that 10%. If he can turn a grave into a garden, he can turn our 10% into something so much more. And I have to embarrass one of my youth girls today. Um, She got $50 for her birthday, and she was talking to me this morning Kendra over here, and she says, so what? So what's 10% of this, and da-da-da, because I want to give into the tithe, and I thought, wow, that is so sweet that she would give of her birthday money. It's not even money that she worked for, <laughs> but it's money that God blessed her with because of her birthday, and she still wants to give back into the tithe, and I thought that was so special. So I just pray that we all have that same heart to just continue to give back to the Lord what he always gives to us. Amen? All right. Well, that's it. I'm not going to pray then. I just think <laughs> amen to that. So, all right. <laughs> and then if you notice, I can I can see that Rob's not ready. So, look at all the different ways you can give. <laughs> you can do the text to give. If you have questions, there's an app on your phone that you can set up, and um, it's super simple. And so once you get it set up, so if you need help doing that, just come connect with me. Otherwise, you can give with a check or money, cash, in the tithe and offering boxes. You can mail it in, or you can go online. And with that, I hand it over to Pastor Rob. And then if the gentlemen want to come down. Oh, (laughs) Bobby was reminding me that there's a boutique this weekend. (laughs) So um, at the PTL Plus bookstore from 9 to 4. So if you guys want to go check that out and buy some goodies. There's all sorts of boutiques. I think there's another boutique flyer up there too. So, all right.
do. We rush right out of Thanksgiving into the Christmas season, and uh, boy, it's it's almost like makes your head spin. And we we do it here in in the church as well, but not because we're trying to sell you Christmas gifts, but explain and tell you who the greatest Christmas gift that ever was, who that was. And so, you know, this morning we're beginning our Advent season. Um, Advent is uh, the season, that word Advent simply means coming. And we're talking about um, His coming this morning, His first coming, and His second coming. And so we're going to spend the next four to five weeks talking about um, that, His coming, and each week we're going to have a different theme as you look around the room. And thanks for uh, those who, who came, if there's any of them. You know, there's, of course, Jesse and Sam were here. But the, the few of us showed up Wednesday and decorated and got the things up and uh, fought the rats for the tree and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when you keep the tree up in the attic, you've got lots of stuff you find. But, um, but uh, so we, we did that, you know, got things decorated. And we put the banners up around the room. And each of the banners... Um, have one of the themes that we're going to talk about over the next four Sundays. And if you don't start the Sunday right after Thanksgiving, you don't make make them all. And then this year, of course, Christmas is a Sunday. And and so um, we won't be having service unless something radically changes. We're not going to be having any service on Sunday morning on Christmas. And um, we're going to let some people have the Christmas morning off, especially since a lot of people travel and are with family and things like that. Um, but we will be having our Christmas Eve service on Saturday, and since that's a that's a, a big service, it's kind of it's kind of nice to be able to have that, and then not have to come back and be here at six in the morning to set up for Christmas. <laughs> um, I want to say it's six, six, six o'clock. We'll get our banners up real, hopefully, uh, hopefully really soon. Um, it's a, an hour long. It's gonna. It's a great service. It's a great service. Um, and so, so each week we got these. We've candles up here. Almost forgot. Um, I was going to start, but each each week we light a candle um, representing that week's theme, coming into the last uh, Christmas Eve, where we light the Christ candle in the center. And so each week has a, has a theme. This morning we're talking about hope. And that um, Christ is the hope of Christmas. And so each week I'll light one candle. Um, and then the, the next week I'll light the first one and the second one. And by the time we're done, they'll look all pretty and staggered. And hopefully we don't burn down the, uh, the wreath here. <laughs> Jesse reminded me that one year I think we had a real wreath. Or it might have been this. But it caught fire. You know, and, and somebody, I think, probably said, well, it's good to attend a church that's on fire for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's pray as, as we get into this time in the Word this morning. Amen. 
Thank you, Father, so much for this time in the Word, this time in celebration and reflection, Lord. Um, we just want to hear from you, God. I just pray you would touch us all this morning, God. Bless us. Bless this Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope. Hope. Christmas is hope. There's a hope that comes in Christmas. And, but the hope that we're talking about this morning in God is different than the hope that we talk about when we talk about in the world. Or if you look up a definition uh, in Webster's, it's a different understanding and a different feeling, the hope that comes in Christ and in God. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that as we go into this morning, because there's a lot of things to hope for in the, in this life. And there's a lot of things that are good, and there's some things that are not so good that people still hope in. We can hope for health. Uh, we can hope for a raise at your, at your job. You can hope um, you know, that your, your kids, your grandkids go to college and become a doctor or whatever it is. We can hope a lot of things, a number of things. Um, but just because you hope that doesn't mean it's going to happen. See, the world hope is, is a hope simply like it's, you know, I hope. Uh, so, some people go out and buy a lottery ticket and hope that they win. And I had a friend years ago who said that um, the lottery is um, just a, uh, he used to say, uh, the lottery is a, is a tax for stupid people. Um, you know, but, uh, but <laughs> let that one sink in there for a second. You're like, oh, man, I just bought a ticket. You know, but, but we, you buy a ticket in hopes that maybe you'll be the guy who wins the, what, $500 million. But that hope is not based on anything. Uh, you hope that your health is good. Um, I think I always hoped that my health was good. And last year, a year ago today, I wasn't here. Um, I was, I was uh, well, a year ago today, I, was, I just had gotten home from having my quadruple bypass, my hope that my health was good didn't make it good. The hope that your, your kids um, do well, the hope that your kids maybe return isn't a promise. And so the world has a hope that, that we, we talk about, we hope, we hope, but the Bible's hope is different. It's more based on an assurance, and the Bible encourages and helps back up that assurance that we are hoping in something that we can actually look forward to, at least in some cases. Um, because there are some things in the Bible that um, they're not necessarily all promises to us. Um, you know, the Bible talks about living 70 years, and not everyone always makes that. And so not everything is sure, but, but one of the promises that's sure is represented in the Advent this morning. It's represented at Christmas, and that's the return of Christ. Now, no, now at Christmas time, we talk normally about the, the birth of Christ, um, and we focus just on the birth of Christ. But the hope that we celebrate at Christmas is a sure thing because of the birth of Christ, but the hope that we have is that he will return again and that we will go and be with him forever in heaven. That's a hope that we have as Christians. That's a hope that we have 
this morning. Amen. We're going to spend some time in the book of Isaiah this morning, and Isaiah is is probably one of the most classics of Old Testament prophecies about the the birth of Christ. There's a number of prophecies that come out of the the book of Isaiah about his life, his birth, um, that he would rise up. Um, And so even the Magi and the people of Jesus' time before Jesus came they were familiar with the prophecies. They were familiar with what Isaiah said, um, some of the prophecies in Micah um, about the coming king. Now, in Isaiah, let's set it up a little bit. Isaiah writes um, in the 8th and 7th century B.C. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet, well-known, and he was prophesying to the people, mostly to Judah, but also to Israel, the kingdom of Israel was divided in two. If you, if you don't know, there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. We refer to it as Israel and Judah or the northern and the southern kingdom. And they had really been split apart and had their own separate kings. Well, in all of Israel's, once the split happened, in all of Israel's history, there was not one good king. There was not one good king in Israel. And in Judah, there were only a handful <laughs> of semi-good kings. Most of the kings, even the good ones, they they worshipped Baal. They led their people astray. They didn't uh, continue with the the law. They didn't continue with keeping the Sabbath. They didn't continue with um, so many of the laws of God. And they went and worshipped other gods. They intermingled with other people groups. And so God's judgment was being stored up and about to be poured out. And Isaiah was writing um, in, in different prophecies throughout the book of really of doom and gloom and darkness. Not real fun. Basically saying you're in trouble. It's about to get really bad. That's when, uh, when uh, Isaiah was writing. Um, in, in chapter 9, Isaiah offers something the Jewish people needed more than anything, and that was hope. Hope that one day someone would come to make all things right and restore what had been broken. The birth of Jesus is this fulfillment of that hope, and yet they wouldn't see it for hundreds and hundreds of years later. In fact, the whole, um, the whole Israel, the northern kingdom, was taken into captivity by Assyria and pretty much scattered, never to return fully. They, didn't, they don't even know what happened to everyone. And instead, the leader of Assyria began to put other people groups back into Israel. And those people were not Jewish. They were not the people of God. And they just populated the, the, the northern part of Israel with these different groups. And they eventually became known as the Samaritans. People who uh, eventually the, some of the Jews came back. And they began to intermarry, and so they weren't a full Jewish blood, though some of them worshipped the Jewish God. And that's, that's what's happening. And then Judah would not uh, succumb and not fall for almost another hundred years, a little bit less than that later, and they would go into captivity as well. But God would bring them back out, and that's kind of what, what we have in Jesus' time is, is the re- semi-restored kingdom. The Jews are living back in Israel, but they're still waiting for the birth of the Messiah, the Christ. Father, this morning we need hope. God, like the people in Jesus' day, they needed hope. 
God, hope that you're faithful and, will, and have provided everything that we've needed for righteousness, God, by sending your Son to us, to us, Lord. We ask that the light of his life would shine into our lives, give us hope, lift our heads. God, this morning we want to offer to you areas in our lives where we need your presence. We trust you today with our lives. God, we look forward to seeing how you're going to come through in our life. Thank you for the hope that comes in you. As I mentioned, Isaiah 9, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 through 7. This is one of the most uh, quoted verses at Christmas time. There's, there's a number in here that you'll recognize whether you've ever read the Bible or not. Um, you've heard it in Peanuts, and you've heard it elsewhere. By the way, for those who are wondering, uh, are we going to get to watch any of the Peanuts Thanksgiving or Christmas specials, Apple bought them out. And so you have to go through Apple to watch Peanuts, just as a side note. Charlie Brown. Starting verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff uh, for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over His kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isn't that an encouraging Bible verse? And for the people in Israel, those who... Uh, wanted, needed God, understood their need, looking at the kings that were leading them um, into darkness and, and oppression and captivity. And especially in this time, as Isaiah is saying, it's going to get bad. To have this word of hope is wonderful. And so the people from that moment began to hope in their Savior to hope in a rescuer, and throughout the time, they would think that many different people was just that, 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 that they had come to rescue and save them, and none of them turned out to be what the people thought, nor what the people wanted. It reminds me, sadly, a little bit of our nation. We are in need of life, and hope so bad that we have placed upon a man to be the savior of the United States. And, and one of the things that has broken my heart over this last six years is that believers have put so much hope in a president. But see, this is human nature. Human nature. We know things are bad. We're looking for the one who's going to rescue us. Church, 
Good leaders are, are wonderful. The Bible says that when you have a good leader, the people prosper, right? That is awesome. Our salvation comes only in Christ. We need to keep our eyes focused on Him. When we don't, our hope becomes like hoping in the lottery, hoping in anything else. It, it really falls flat. And the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you're hoping on something and it doesn't happen, it, it re- literally kind of makes you down. But when we hope in Christ, that He is our provision, that He is our guide, that He is our salvation, we fare so much better. As we go into this Christmas season, we come out of Thanksgiving, um, where, where my prayer is that a, a, a thankfulness came upon you and that we will hold that out really every day. You know, throughout, for sure, throughout this, this month going into Christmas, that we were just thankful for that which we have. We're thankful for salt. I mean, it's like, wow, can you imagine giving thanks for salt? Well, there's times, you know, when I had my heart attack, I couldn't use salt. I'm like, wow, I was thankful for seasonings, anything, because everything was so bland. Can we be thankful for those things too? As we move from that thankful season into the Christmas season, uh, we see it uh, all around. Um, in fact, last week, before Thanksgiving, I went into the Stater Brothers down on Lagonia on the way up the hill. We like to shop there so we don't have to go to the local one when it's busy. And there was a bell ringer out there already. And the Salvation Army bell ringer. And I, I missed the, the bell ringers during COVID because they, they weren't out there a couple years. Um, I've made a pact that every time I walk by a Salvation Army person, every time I will put cash in, in the bucket. Um, and so if I go to the store and then I go to the post office and there's one there, I'll do that again at the post office. Um, I just, I think this is one of the things I do. I think that they do a great job. And, but it reminds us of, of Jesus as being the hope. Um, obviously, the stores are decorated um, on, on, on Friday. Our na- all of us neighbors, you know, Brian and we were out there, and the neighbors, they're all putting up their lights. Who got up any lights on Friday? Got a few, a few people. We're going to finish today. The season's upon us. You can see it everywhere. The church is already uh, decorated, and we are now starting this sermon series on an Advent. And... Um, I think the, the, the name of this, this uh, series would be The Heart of Christmas. Um, I'm going to talk about these, these themes over the next few weeks. The season with all of its uh, tinsel and trees, treats, it can distract us sometimes from things that are really important. Um, what really matters and we can even say what really matters is family. But that's not even what really matters. Because without Christ, even family is, it falls flat, it falls empty, because it's temporary. In Christ, with Christ, everything has meaning. Everything is, is brought together with more meaning because of Jesus. This Christ child. This morning we want to talk about that hope that comes in Him. And I don't know about you, uh, I think all of us could use a little hope this morning. 
one way to, 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 to get a little, little more hope is to turn off news and social media and, and, and get into the Word. I heard this story of a, of a, of a it was actually a pastor. I was reading one of a story of this pastor who said that he was, when they were raising their kids one, one Christmas, they're like seven-year-old. They said, well, what do you want for Christmas? And they oh, we did that every year. We do the same thing. You know, we try to make lists. What would you like? We don't, nothing's a promise. Nothing's a guarantee. But you want, we want to get gifts our, our kids uh, can enjoy, especially as they're getting older. And they did the same thing in their house. So one of their kids, a seven-year-old, he says, for Christmas, I want a banana. <laughs> and he said, did I, did I hear you correctly, son? You want a banana? He said, yeah, that's all I want. So mom and dad talked about it, and they said, they kept asking him, and he just kept affirming, I want a banana. So on Christmas morning, they wrapped a box of bananas for him and gave him bananas for Christmas. You know, we have interesting thoughts and interesting hopes, ideas, and, and hopes that we would have um, at, at any time of year, including Christmas. But the true reason for Christmas hope is not the gifts. And, you know, if in your home groups, and your life groups this week, um, I encourage you to have a, an icebreaker question when you meet together and, and talk, maybe have, ask, what was one of the most memorable gifts you ever received? It's a good question in your, in your, in your small groups. You can even ask it um, around the table with your family. What is a memorable gift you've received at Christmas? Sometimes memorable for different reasons. But... Um, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the whole purpose of, of Christmas. Jesus Christ, His birth, His arrival on earth was the fulfillment of prophecies. Hundreds of years old, like I said, in the book of Isaiah. And um, the backdrop, as I said, was uh, Israel was under this, this horrible leadership and they were suffering under all of these ungodly kings. Very, very dark time in the history of, of Israel. And and Isaiah wrote these words knowing that God was about to do something big. He was going to intervene into this society and bring about the Messiah. Um, this, this passage I read in Isaiah 9 makes two major statements. The first uh, acknowledges the brokenness and darkness that was happening. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have uh, dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has shone. He recognizes that there is darkness and brokenness in there. And then the second part of that is that he's talking about the hope that's coming, the light of the birth of a child who would one day make everything right. That's our hope this morning in Jesus. In the book of Matthew chapter 1, it reminds us of, of his writings. Now, go with me to, if you want, turn over to Matthew chapter 1, where these words in Isaiah are reiterated. As it gives the, the story of the birth of Christ, starting in verse 18 and verse 22, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christ, the Christ child, will be born in a, 
in a little stable in a manger in, in Bethlehem. And over the years, we've discovered some things through more excavation in history. The manger was probably not an outdoor area. We always picture an outdoor scene with a little, maybe a wooden stable around. The manger was actually, the, the area was probably in a cave, which means it was damp, dark. They'd bring the animals into the cave to keep them safe and dry at times. And so it was actually probably a cave, and the, and the little manger was just a little feeding trough there in that cold, dark, damp place for animals. I don't know if you've grown up with horses. Anyone ever been on a horse farm? You know, cows. Sleeping in the stable is not a fun thing. It's kind of yucky in there. So this young Jewish man, Joseph, was, was pre presented with this decision he had to make when he was told that his, his fiancée was pregnant and it wasn't his, um, he was going to, as, as we know the story, call it all off. Say, you know, I'm going to, the Bible says that he was a righteous man. He was going to uh, divorce her quietly, which is a great teaching that they weren't even married and yet still had to have a divorce because there was a commitment already made. Angel comes to Joseph in a dream and he tells him all these things that he would be, the virgin, the virgin would conceive and bear a son. And he says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It says, it says in Matthew chapter 1 that the, they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. In the time of darkness, in the time of gloom, in the time of all your brokenness, God is with you. I think that's one of the reasons that Christmas resonates in our hearts so much. Because life can be difficult. And Christmas comes and it, and it brightens up the month. As a child, I looked forward to Christmas every year. I don't know how about you, but it was something. It was just, when we got to that season, everything seemed a little brighter. Because people were beginning to focus on different things. We live in a, a world similar to Israel. It's dark. It's corrupt. And it's because it's sin. Sin easily entangles. There's war. There's disease. There's conflict. There's oppression everywhere, all around. And so this year as we're going in, we need Christ. We need, we need the hope of Jesus to push back the darkness around us. I could ask what things that you, and I, please don't answer out loud, but what are things that you tend to do to try to push back the darkness? We all have them. We have our go-tos. TV, relationships, work, money, different types of addictions. We're trying to always relieve the, the, the pain and the darkness around us this year. Let's begin to put our hope in Christ. A little bit different. Put our hope in, in the Christ child for healing and restoration and forgiveness or a fresh start. 
It's available to you. It's available to your children. It's available to all through God with us, Emmanuel. Hope isn't the result of, of lack of conflict. Hope isn't the, the result of, of the lack of difficulties or struggles. Hope stands firm in the midst of difficulties and struggles. But what are we hoping in? One of the pro problems with hope is that it takes a little bit longer to get here than we would like. Amen? If you've ever hoped in anything, uh, Shannon and I have entered into the um, dream home on uh, is it, is it Learning Channel or whatever, HD, yeah, HGTV. I don't know if you've ever done that. Every year for the last 20 years at least, HGTV gives away a beautiful million-dollar home in Florida or on the Cape or in Colorado. They're, they're, you can take tours of the home. We actually went and visited one of the homes in Sonoma. When it was up there, we were close enough, we drove over and looked at our new home. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful to see our new home and our new neighborhood and all that. We just went out and, and, and they build these homes. They're, they are, they're pretty spectacular. Either the home is spectacular or the place is. Um, they're, they're, they're wonderful, and every year we enter in. And we're still hoping one day we're going to win. The problem is it's been taking a long, long time. In fact, you know, we used to have four kids living at home. We thought, we need this big home for us. But now it's down to like three of us at home. We're like, well, we don't even need that anymore. But we're gonna, we'll enter in anyways. There's a, there's a plant and a... And, that grows here in the United States um, in the southwest part, so that's in our, our part, and it's known as a century plant. Some people call it the century plant. And from what I understand, it, it's, it grows in kind of arid places, but even in the mountains, mountain, de mountain deserts. And it, it's also called, what is it, the um, agave americana, americana agave. It, um, the, the, the leaves can be a foot wide, 12 feet in diameter, it can be up to six feet tall. But what's weird about it is its reproduction cycle. For 20 to 30 years, it remains the same height and puts out no flowers. But then one, one day, no reason, no warning, a bud starts sprouting, it resembles a tree trunk, asparagus spear, and it, it grows up to seven inches a day and it can get 20 to 40 feet tall. And then, it, and then it grows this crown of yellow blossoms for the last couple of weeks. And I, that's kind of sometimes what we, that's what our hope looks like sometimes. Hoping for a long time, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden the answer comes or something changes. I saw, Isaiah saw something long in the distance, in the future. God would bring that light, that salvation through the, the birth of the Christ child 700 years later. Jesus came and offered forgiveness. He destroyed evil and he also brings the promise of eternal life. One of the reasons, church, we can have hope in eternal life 
is because he fulfilled the prophecies to come the first time. The, the chances of him fulfilling just 40-some prophecies of, of the Old Testament the way he did is in the hundred trillion mark. He came and he fulfilled these, these prophecies, things that he had no control over. We celebrate them every year, but the fact that he fulfilled those prophecies gives us hope that the other things that said, that Jesus said, that he would come again, that he would take us with him, to be with him forever in paradise. Those become more firm and, and a hope that we can count on because of the scriptures in Isaiah. Seeing the faithfulness of God in the past gives us uh, an amazing amount of hope in the present and, under, and, and really trust for the future. When you're, often when you're having conversations with people, they'll say, you know, God, has been, God is faithful. And they say it with such confidence. And you say, well, why do you say that? And they tell you how God has been faithful. Go with me to Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 4. It says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Paul said everything that was, was written in the past was there to, to give us hope, to, to build our faith and, and have us to look for Christ, at the heart of Christmas is hope. A lot of distractions come, but this morning, this message, it's just a reminder that hope is offered to us through, his, uh, through Jesus' arrival in a manger. James Dobson tells a story of a woman named Stella Thornhope. She was struggling in her first Christmas alone. Her husband had recently died just a few months prior he had a slow-developing cancer. They had lived a lot of years together. A few days before Christmas, she was almost snowed in, according to the story, and, and, and a, a big weather system had come in, and she was feeling very alone. She couldn't really get out of the house. She didn't have her husband. The children were gone. She decided, as some people do, to not decorate for Christmas. In the afternoon, the doorbell rang and there was a delivery boy with a box. And he said, Mrs. Thornhope, would you sign this? She invited him to come in out of the cold. They closed the door to get away from the cold and she signed the paper and said, what's in the box? And the young man, he laughed and he opened up the flap and inside was a golden Labrador puppy, a little retriever. And they are so cute picks up the squirming dog and says, this is for you, ma'am. He's, now this is, this, is, this is the miracle of the story right here. He's six weeks old and potty trained. <laughs> That's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> the young puppy starts wiggling in happiness and doing what puppies do. And, and, he, and she goes, who sent this? puts the animal down and gives the envelope and says, it's, it's explained here in this letter in the envelope, ma'am. The, 
The dog was bought last July when the mom was, was pregnant, and it was meant to be a Christmas gift for you. He gives a book on how to care for the retriever, and she asks again, but who sent me the puppy? As the delivery guy turned to leave, he said, your husband, ma'am. Merry Christmas. She opened the letter from her husband. He had written it three weeks before he died. He left it with the kennel owners to be delivered with the puppy as his last Christmas gift to her. The letter was full of love and encouragement and admonishments to be strong. He vowed that he was waiting for the day when she would join him in heaven. He sent her the animal to keep her company until then. As she wiped away the tears, as I need to do too, she puts the letter down and remembers the puppy at her feet, and she picks up the little, the little fur ball, and she hugged it, and she looked out the window at the lights on all the neighbors' houses, and she heard the radio playing songs, Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come, and she felt this amazing sensation of hope. She felt a joy and a wonder greater than the fear, than the, the, the grief and the loneliness. And she said to the dog, little fellow, let's... It's just you and me, but you know what? There's a box in the basement I think you're going to like. It's got a Christmas tree and some decorations and lights, and, and there's a manger scene too. Let's go get it. God is right on time. He knows exactly what we need. He can be trusted to reveal Christ's light to us in order to push the darkness back. In a, a land, in a time of darkness, a light has indeed dawned. This morning as we spend these, this, this, this season, and, and this morning as we're spending these next four weeks talking about hope and love and peace and joy, let's take time to let the Christ child in. I want to invite you to, to express your hope in Him. One of the ways you can do that is by bringing Him the things that burden you down. There's a lot of sadness and difficulties in this season as well. Like the lady who lost her husband, grief is a huge thing to bear during the holiday seasons. It's okay to talk to God about those things. Bring them to Him and allow His light to come and, and give you hope. Sometimes in the moment, we just have to say, God, I, I can't see the light, I can't see the hope, but I've seen it before. And Your Word tells me that you, you sent Christ in a dark time. We know it's true. And it says that you're coming again. And you want to take us to be with you. I can't see it now, Lord, but give me that renewed hope. Help me to get through this dark time. In John 14, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Because we know that our citizenship is in heaven, Philippians says. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Someday, church, we look forward to that time that we are away from these earthly bodies and in heaven where Revelation 7 says, the Lamb is at the center of the throne. He will be our shepherd. He will lead us to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. That's the hope. This morning, I want to invite you to spend just a, a couple moments before we, we close in prayer bringing to Him your grief in the darkness. He knows it, but you can talk to Him about it. And then we're going to invite Him in to show us light and to show us hope. But just spend a moment or two, individually, right where you're at. Father, your word says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Father, this morning there are those in here that have or are walking in a deep darkness. I pray that your light, your hope, your love, your peace, your joy will shine. God, I pray that you would use different things to show us the hope that's in Christ. Lord, your word, the promise of a future, the promise of being with the loved ones that we've lost, being forever in your presence where it says that you will wipe away all of our tears. God, but I thank you that you love us enough that you send us signs, you send us people, you send us gifts here on this earth, even the husband who sent her his wife, this dog. Lord, I pray that we would see and receive those gifts and realize that they're 
gifts from you and that you're loving us and showing us hope. God, this season, I pray that we would be able to walk in hope, love, joy, and peace. Not putting our hope in things that are, are fragile or failing, but putting our hope in you. Be with us. Let the light of your countenance shine upon us and give us hope. Father, we thank you for what's at the heart of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you all. Love one another. Give lots of hugs. And You know, I, I, I was looking around. There was a, a leadership meeting, but I know that we're short a lot of leaders today, so let's, we'll just be in contact with anything that needs to happen. And, and I, I heard something about Tobias. So be praying for Tobias. I didn't get any update, but that's Elise's son. I think he was in the ER. So um, one of our leaders. So bless you guys all. Enjoy your afternoon.